This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Human, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole. Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. Uh, this time, I am not here with Jesse. I am here with Jimmy. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Shanghai, China. We are recording the episode about Bigfoot, as promised. Uh, this is this is our means of delivering an episode every Monday, regardless of what's going on. And Jesse did the Batman episode by himself, fortunately, because Jimmy and I are not there. No, nope. uh, we are certainly not anywhere near Jesse. Um, Very far away. But uh, we, yeah, you've got what a couple more months here. I do. I should be coming back probably at the end of June. Yeah, hopefully. so just in time for season four. I hope. Yeah, I'm hoping. Should be good. Probably going to be doing a little bit of a vacation, probably stay in Asia for another month or so. Probably oh, that's good. Burn, that's a good opportunity. Burn all of the vacation I've earned and not been able to spend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, by that point, we'll probably have taken, the show will have taken its own hiatus and we'll pop back up with season four with all three of us, like the way we had planned originally. Yeah. Provided, you know, the rest of us aren't traveling elsewhere. Um, anyway, so, yeah, how, how are things? How are things uh, since I talked to you last well, things are good. Things are great. I'm still really tired, uh, exhausted. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> but working, working a ton. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun out here. It's. Uh, I finally. I think I finally got into the point where, um, and I've never thought about this until I've moved to here. But culture shock is like a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's very real, very present. It, and it's like not even like, oh wow, the the food here is different. Like living in a different culture for a really lengthy amount of time does actually change your mood like there's like, some really interesting articles about like there's a lot of like there's a really strong expat community here in shanghai mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like shanghaiexpat.com has like a lot of like uh, a lot of like really good articles about like how culture shock can lead to like really severe depression and, oh like, yeah all kinds I believe of stuff that. so being on the ride of like being in a new country to like working in a country to like it's you go through this roller coaster of steps <laughs> To where, like, when you first get here and you start working, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Everything's so awesome. Everything's so different. And then that that's a solid, like, first month. Mm-hmm. And then the second, the next three months after that is, like, the biggest dip ever. Because you can't stand the culture anymore. You want nothing, <laughs> you want nothing but an In-N-Out burger. Yes. You get so angry about everything. You start blaming the culture and the people for all of your problems. And that's a that's like according to all of like what the psychologists say like that that portion is like three months long oh. like you have to deal with that for three months and it's it re- I can't remember the article name but when you look at like the dates and times and how many days you feel a certain way it's like on the nose that's like, so crazy there's a three month section to where you are just gonna have a real rough time and then after that is when you start to like it, it's like acceptance like you accept that you're in a different <laughs> culture. And you start to you start working through it, and then you actually don't actually ever get over culture shock, or you don't you don't you just assimil- deal with it. Yeah, you don't actually you don't actually assimilate all the way until a year and a half of being in a new country. Oh my god! So which is perfect since most of most of our other <laughs> colleagues are here for exactly one year. Yeah. Well, it's and what really sucks is that you actually start getting so used to this culture. Like, there's been a couple of people that have gone back to the states for a little while and have mm-hmm. come back and like didn't like it. Like, oh, didn't yeah. like the way people drove and didn't like the way things were handled. Well, I mean, like, it's it's easy to get used to. It's easy, like you said, it's easy to get used to in the first month. Like, fortunately, all of my trips have been three weeks or or less. 
and then I go back and I'm back for just as much as I've been gone. So I'm, I'm at home for a month or three weeks or five weeks, then I come back. And so like by the time I get used to either situation or fed up with either situation, I get to switch again. Right. And it, it kind of gives me a good healthy appreciation for home as well as a good healthy appreciation and like mystery in being here in Shanghai. So it's kind of, it's been nice for me. Like, and it's nice to see all of you guys. Like I, I was telling, uh, I was telling my wife a couple of weeks ago, uh, that, or yeah, like right when I first got here, it was just so weird. Like a situation had happened at work, like the, the same management, management had management person had come in and asked for the same thing they would have asked for back home. And I like had to do a double take, like, where am I? Am I, no, I'm in China because like everybody that would have normally been there in that situation, the other operations people and, uh, the other people in the room with me would have normally been in the room back in California. So it was just such a strange turn of events that just almost felt like I was at home again. Cause you know, if you're in a room with no windows, it's, it's easy to forget where you're at, but it is, it's also weird now because we're at the part now where people that I work with really closely back home are now coming over to help. Mm-hmm. And it it's hearing their voices down the hall, like as I'm working on something, and right. you hear them walk into the door, and you're like, "What? Where am I?" And I'm about to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, and time to run, time to run. Yeah, it's uh, anyway, it's it's good. It's good that we get an opportunity to do do things like this, even in the midst of these wonderful seven day work weeks. Um, but nonetheless, back to the topic at hand. We're we're talking about Bigfoot. Yes. Uh, like Jess, Jesse did a majority of the prep for this uh, as means of staying involved and as a means of helping us who are very sleep deprived and tired. It's true. Um, but we, again, wanted to make sure we got it for you. The other thing is we don't have our normal equipment with us, so we're just talking kind of at my computer. So yeah. uh, our apologies for it sounding not as good as it normally does maybe, or maybe it always sounds bad. We're just delusional. But It's going to be pretty great if we get a bunch of things that are like, this is the best sounding. <laughs> Well, I was surprised that yours and my little uh, like bonus episode last time, which uh, we recorded into my phone, that turned out that, way better than I thought I it was so, going to. I was so happy we got to do that because that was like the most fun I've had like <laughs> in, in like six months of being. <laughs> it's it's really like the perfect distraction. But nonetheless, that our apologies for the uh, the bad bad quality, and if you hear me like typing while while we're recording, but uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, uh, as far as Bigfoot, what we're talking about when we're talking about Bigfoot, uh, there's so many. Because it's like kind of a myth and it's urban legend, there are so many different names and terms and encounters and instances that people talk about. So that it's either Bigfoot or Sasquatch, uh, Yeti, yeah, like Yeti. If you're over here in like you know Asia, India-ish, uh, like that's kind of Nepali, I think, is what Jesse says in his note. Himalayan. There yeah. you go. Yeti's Himalayan. Uh, the the skunk ape in the southeast U.S., like in the uh, what the south, like that's what we typically call the South, like Georgia. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, there's a Yowie in Australia, the Mande Barung in India and Bangladesh. Uh, Indonesia has a term I'm not going to attempt. <laughs> Pakistan, same deal. Yeah. And then I added in Wookiees because to me a Wookiee would be... No, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a Wookiee. They're pretty rare in the Star Wars universe. You only that, there's a whole planet. race of them. No, yeah, no, but there's no. only one planet. There's no, only that's one true. planet. It's a giant galaxy. <laughs> How many times have you seen Han Solo running around and run into another Wookiee? It's not until they're on Kashyyyk. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Nonetheless, like I mean, but that we're talking about a, t- a large, big-footed, right? You know, yeah, yeah. to, to b- borrow the pun, I guess, big-footed, hairy, uh, I guess, somewhat dense in the head individual. Even though you know, I'm not saying Chewie's dense in the but, head. But I'm like just a, saying a humanoid, a large humanoid, like a humanoid-ish. 
creature. Walks yeah. on two legs, very big. Right, we're talking like seven feet, nine feet, right. 20 feet, if you're being like really outlandish, I guess. But some something really tall, that's really hairy, uh, misunderstood, obviously. Um, but like that's that's kind of that's what we're talking about when we say Bigfoot. Um, I mean, you could, uh, I, I don't know, you could. I'm trying to think of a good example, movie wise. Like, there's Harry and the Hendersons, which is a really old movie from like the '80s, that's I awesome. think. Uh, that that that's completely based around Bigfoot. Right. Um, Jesse has a note in here that the the current release of the the Jungle Book, the new live action Jungle Book that's coming out soon, uh, that the writers have based King the King Louis character on. Uh, an extinct ape, Gigantothippicus. How do you? How on earth do you read that? Uh, Gigantothippicus. You know what? We're going to post that in the show notes so you can figure out how to <laughs> say it for us and tell us we're wrong. Uh, but they've based it on that. And so uh, Jesse has an article here about that. We're all going to discover this together. It's going to be great. Oh, no. I'm terrified. I can't. I cannot even find that article in here, though. Looking for Bigfoot. Where? That one. Is that it? No. Oh, that's a cool graph, though. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. Um, so, so giant, 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 <laughs> that thing. We'll post the article that Jesse Jesse found about it. Uh, hopefully, that'll help uh, elucidate why the uh, the Disney artists or Disney graphic artists or whatever we want to call them nowadays mm-hmm. uh, decided to make uh, King Louis' character after that. Although, if you've seen the preview, it, it's interesting because. I think we all imagine King Louis uh, is in the Disney cartoon sense, where he, you know, he's an orangutan ape, larger than the rest of the monkeys that are around him, and he's kind of this leader of that pack. Uh, but that he's he's a relatively like normal size. But if you look at the Disney trailer for yeah. the Jungle Book that's coming out, it is a much larger ape-like creature. But it's it's you know he's almost the size of Baloo, for goodness' sake, you know. Well, I think this is interesting about the new movie that's coming out is that it's everything's giant. It's mm-hmm. like even like the snake is huge. Like well, every- but the snake the snakes are huge though in that area of the world. Like it's just uh, they seem to be giant. <laughs> well, I think it's meant to be slightly darker than right. well, it's, it's meant to be darker than the cartoon. That's certainly true. But uh, we'll we'll post the article that Jesse found on it. Um, also, if you if you love Aaron Sorkin's work, which I am prone to loving, although I've not seen this episode. Uh, Jesse references an episode in season uh, season four, episode one of the newsroom. Um, one of the characters lays out a case that Bigfoot is real. He uses uh, several references in that 1.7 million known species on the Earth, but biologists think that we've only discovered a quarter of them. Which, like that, that's always been. If I was to play the advocate that there is Bigfoot out there, that's the the reasoning and excuse I would use. Is that like how many creatures do we just you know? quote, discover every year in the ocean and on land. Like, we find all sorts of variants and differences in creatures on Earth, and we allegedly explored, either by satellite or on foot, every inch of land. But that's not to say we found everything, just because we can map where land is. So that's always been my argument. But one of the other ones is that species diversity is greatest in rainforests, which is hard to explore. Yep. Um... Pandas were thought to be a myth until almost 200 years ago. And giant, giant squids until recently. Were right, yeah. Not even Wait, exist. What does Jesse say? 2004. Like yeah. this. So there are all these creatures that that are you know end up into like urban mythology. Right. And then we find out they're actually real. And there's a reason that they're in urban mythology to begin with. There had to have been a sighting. Like it's not like somebody just came up with the idea. You know what? Squid are pretty scary. I'll bet you that thing would be just hor- horrifying if it was massive. 
Like, you, you just got to figure they're, you know, somebody'd seen it. There's a, there's, I've heard some people talk about this, because, uh, I mean, when we're, when we should be working, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> hence, hence how this podcast began, <laughs> to be clear. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, like, I've talked about Bigfoot before, and one of the things somebody said was, like, well, with technology nowadays and with how spread out hu- humans are across the world, we would have found most things. And I was like, that's actually not true, because right. there's a great documentary, and I, I'm kind of, sli- I'll, I'll, I'll find it and I'll post it on the article. Great documentary about trying to catch um, the snow leopard on film for the first time. Oh, yeah. No, no, I've seen that. And they spent like 25 years, this photographer spent 25 years in the area that they knew where the snow leopard was. Right. Trying to get one picture. Wasn't the first release of it in the Planet Earth series on Discovery yes. or something? Yes, yes, it was. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I saw it. Like they ran like part of that documentary in the credits and it was just like, he put cameras up for years, and it lived out there, like, lived out there solidly for yeah. five, ten years. Yeah, and, like, it was always stuff of, like, he would put up he would put up the bait, and then he would wake up, the bait would be gone, and he would show up. Nothing on film. Nothing on film. It just, the, you know, and it's, animals are, if, animals are such survivors that if they want to be elusive, they can be. Yeah. I mean, I've... I mean, I. How many times have we been walking around and like cats have jumped out of corners and we have no idea where they're at? Uh, yeah, that's completely terrifying too. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like you know, if even when so when that photographer and his team and the biologist all knew where the thing was, all knew what it ate, all knew where it was going to be and its sleeping habits, it still took them twenty five years that's to actually so catch crazy. one like piece of film of it. So to to that point though. They were looking for a creature nobody had taken a picture of, but they knew existed. Mm-hmm. So how did they know it existed? Oh, sightings, a, right? Yeah, it must have been. So that that kind of that, that's kind of the underlying principle of this is that like, and and what I'm saying and like is evidence for me at least as to why I think Bigfoot does exist, and, and surprisingly Jesse as well. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll clarify his position a little more in the uh, in the overview episode at the end of the month, but. I, the, the reason that there's so much credibility in my mind of this is that there are so many sightings of something that resembles Bigfoot or a large ape or something right. like that. And it's pretty, um, it, it's, it's pretty agile. Like, uh, by the way we're describing the creature, walks on two legs, might be really large. Like, it's pretty agile. It can get around. And, you know, we're talking about mm-hmm. a snow cat that was elusive for 25 years right. that people had seen but nobody could photograph. It's really no different, you know, for Bigfoot or even... For the Loch Ness monster, maybe like those are things that like they're just question marks for me. I think it's co- part of what makes humanity exciting is that we're constantly going to be looking for these alleged creatures right. until we either find them or find that what we thought were them was something entirely different. Which which is like so this is kind of the same case as like why I think that something and we can get into this in another podcast, but like this is why I think like dragons must have existed. I, on this continent at some point. Who's to say that they didn't, though? Well, I don't think they... I, I would think. Or, they I mean, who's have. to say that they don't now? Like, right. We wouldn't know. Well, we would have no idea. Especially because of the, the, the geography of everything on this on this continent specifically, and I'm talking mm-hmm. about, like, Asia into, into Europe. This, yeah. This giant landmass has changed so much over the, you know, the, the tons and tons of years that it's been around. There's, I mean, if you look at Europe, there's a bunch of dragons which are all depicted a certain way. Right. You get into Asia, and the depictions of dragons aren't very different, and they're happening at the same time. Right. From in very different amounts of like, so it's kind of like, well, 
Something must have. There must have been some pretty big lizard at some point right. that looked like a dragon. Well, I mean, but like we have, there's still like the Komodo dragon, and there's still like the oh, what is the Mushu character from the Mulan movie? He's a dragon. Yeah, he's a dragon, but he's a little tiny dragon. And so that like those, I think everybody when they view like adaptation evolution, they they envision that it's always a step in in the in the, the what what is assumed the forward direction is. Mm-hmm. So you think yeah, if a big bag big bad dinosaur lizard was going to get bigger and badder, they'd get bigger and fatter. Yeah. But that, it, like, evolution's supposed to be an adaptation to your surroundings, and so, and, and survival of, survival of the fittest, I suppose, and all those things. So it's like, if that's the case, getting smaller and getting, like, getting smaller or more fierce or having poisonous spit, like the, the Komodo dragon, I think, has poisonous spit or it's, whatever. It's actually, so it's really funny. Komodo dragon, when I was little, has actually been my favorite animal. Oh, perfect. Up. This is so, perfect. Good. So the Komodo dragon is actually not poisonous. It is, the immune system is so strong that he can have, it. He a Komodo dragon can have uh, a, the amount of bacteria that it's in its mouth that mm. it can survive on uh. is actually so infectious that the second it bites you, you actually don't die from poison or venom or anything like that. It's actually the bacteria that's just sitting in its mouth that it's immune to will well, eventually kill you. But but those things, like we're ta- you're talking about its immunity, those are things that are, I think are, are you know, evolutions of to adapt to the area that they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just don't think that evolution looks the way everybody thinks it does all the time. So I would agree. And so the, those are things that, like, you know, may, maybe Bigfoot has become smaller than it than it was originally, you know, viewed as, or any of those things. That's not the point. The point is, is that like, like there there are obviously sightings, and there are so many sightings, and there's some continuity that draws through all those like sightings to make it a myth. Mm-hmm. You've got to figure that at some point it, it did exist or does exist to some degree, um, and that that's kind of where I sit with Bigfoot. I, it sounds like you do too, and it certainly sounds like Jesse does from his notes, but. Um, so the other, uh, I mean, the other things that are laid out in that newsroom episode, uh, are, are about the giant squid and, uh, <clears throat> and then about some, there's a apex predators that have small numbers and live in tiny packs. So mm. if Bigfoot was, you know, like I think at least the way I've always envisioned Bigfoot lived alone or lives alone and doesn't travel in packs. That's the smallest pack you can get is one, yeah. one, one, one thing. So maybe it's just that they're so spread out and and elusive and that's why we haven't gotten a confirmed sighting i mean like the 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 snow leopard i isn't i mean like at some point they travel in small packs at least or families at least yeah at some point i mean they have to they have to mate still yeah and re- like, yeah they have to, to reproduce they have to have children but um the giant squids also live for a super long time Ooh. that seems to be kind of like when i'm thinking about like bigfoot and you think about animals that survive by themselves for a really long time like yeah tortoises live for like hundreds of hundreds years, right? Years, you know. There's there's turtles that have exceeded 150 years before, and there's um, the only exception that I can think of off the top of my head is like parrots. Yeah, parrots like macaw parrots can survive for a really long time, and they they flock in giant groups. But, right. But uh, well, maybe Bigfoot is the same. Maybe Bigfoot's actually like 90 years old. Or that's possible. <clears throat> the Bigfoots are 90 years old, and we we wouldn't know. No, no we idea. have no study on them. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that the same sightings that were happening in the '60s are the same Bigfoot that we're seeing now. That absolutely true. That's a that's a very valid point, and especially then when like photography was really fundamental, and like you know you have all these grainy photos of things that people say are Bigfoot, and it's like, well, that's we don't know what that is. That's just a blur. It's like, okay, well, I mean, something. 
Yeah, and as more people try to photograph it, they become more elusive, so you can never get a better photograph. Point being is we, we really don't know, but like I, I'm optimistic. I think I think it's out there somewhere. I wonder, I would actually be interested in, because I, I, didn't, I didn't research this exact part of it, but I'd be interested to know about if there's been any like actual professional try to like find it. Like the guy who found the snow leopard was a what was a long vetted uh, photographer. He had a, a top notch biology team. It took him twenty five. Uh, right, and like, and that was something that was confirmed. Like they had yeah. they had at some point seen the snow leopard themselves to right. know it existed and know they had to photograph it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what led them there initially was probably you know, quote unquote mythology. Oh, we heard there's this snow cat out there. We want to go take a, you know, we want to go look for this thing. And so they went and looked for it. So I'm with you. There's got to be a team of people who have been like, well, there's been enough sightings in this area in this amount of time. This thing must exist, but let's go look for it. Yeah. You know? I would would be interested to see if there was any actual, like, expedition set out for it. Because that would be pretty cool to see just from a science perspective. Because, like, I keep thinking about, like, okay, let's say Bigfoot is 90 years old. Let's Mm -hmm. say it's lived in the forest its entire life. And we're sending a bunch of uh, drunk college students to go find him. And they're just tromping through the forest and making a ton of noise. Right. Like, no wonder we've never found him. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, I mean, like, if you you don't really know how it is eluding people, you don't know how to study it, you don't know how to find it. So I think it's just a matter of it's going to be trial and error until we either find out, like I said, we either find out it does exist or it's not exactly what we thought it was, but we we confirm, like, oh, that's Bigfoot. Uh Jesse actually posted a really interesting article uh, called 10, 10 Beasts That Used to Be Mythical, and it's like, some of the ones that are on here are just insane. Like giraffes, apparently, like used to be mythical. Like, oh, really? Yeah, but they were. It says giraffes are were relatively familiar to the ancient Egyptians, even though they were not native to Egypt. Uh, the Greek, on the other hand, thought the giraffe was a legendary beast. Oh, we're talking Greece to to Egypt. They're across the Mediterranean from each other, and one one group had physically like farmed these animals, yeah. and the other group thought they were fake. Yep. And that was when the world was small. The world is as big as it is now. And, like, for all we know, we're living right next to Bigfoot right now. He's out in the jungles of Asia. And we wouldn't know because, you know, everybody thinks it's it's either been written off as this character that doesn't exist or, uh, you know, we just haven't seen it. There's also a substantial amount of the planet. Like, we've done a pretty good job mapping the planet. Agreed. with satellites and stuff. But there's still a substantial amount of land that has not been even explored yet. Right, we've shot it from the we've shot it from satellites, but we haven't like the. I mean, we haven't gone to every inch of Antarctica. You know, there's a lot of, and it seems to be like when you start talking about like the geographical regions of this thing, like uh, the, the sightings have been like in the U.S. and Canada, in in Asia, in snow and forest, and the thing that pops up to my head the first is caves. <clears throat> oh, that's like, true. It's, it's a it's a lot of places that have a ton of caves, and there was on the flight. On the flight over here, I watched this. I watched this like three and a half hour documentary because I was falling asleep. And, and when I, you're trying to kill a 15 hour flight, that's yeah. the way you do it. <laughs> yeah, so I watched a three and a half hour documentary about this research team that was looking for the 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 missing link, the missing link, essentially. It, yeah, yeah. It was the the evolution between where not not where monkey met man, but where man became human like where okay. where like there was like a bunch of in their world there's a bunch of steps to where we were evolving and then there was this key like there's this blank spot right that they've never been able to find yeah. and it was them it was them looking for this weird thing and i actually don't remember how it ended because i fell asleep 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, it worked. But, <laughs> but the beginning of it was cool because where they where they had an idea of where these fossils might be. Right. And they sent these uh, guys who like to explore caves as a hobby. They sent them to go explore Spelunkers, you might spelunkers. say. Spelunkers. So these spelunkers went <laughs> into a cave that is actually a number one tourist spot. Because they said, we're going to look in places that we don't think to look. Right. So this cave is actually like a working tour. And they started exploring this cave. And everyone said that every inch of this cave was was explored. And they were walking. And actually, just by happenstance, they like tripped and dropped their flashlight into a, a crack. And they squeezed through the crack and found a whole section of the cave that had never been explored. This is something that people walk through every single day. Right. And they found this part, and then they opened it up, and it was all of this untouched. Like, they found fossils from the Jurassic era. They found fossils from... They found a bunch of the human fossils that they were looking for. They actually found a small community of old humans that had lived in this cave system. And, That's so cool. And it's something that, like, and above them, there's a tour guide being like, and if you look at the stalactites, there's... <laughs> there's a, right. And so they found they found this thing right in front of them that's been in front of them for years. Well, that's, I mean, like, that's the thing that I, I think we've talked about in other contexts is that, like, some of this stuff is just in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Like a cup sitting on the table in front of you. If you're not looking, even when you're looking for it, I mean, it's, it's that quintessential, where are my keys? And they're in your left hand. Or where are my glasses? They're on right. your head. You know, right. it's in the place that you're not thinking that th- the thing is, yeah. which is already in your possession. For all we know, we have all of this information. I, maybe maybe Bigfoot's our friend Michael Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he appreciates that at all. <laughs> he, he is he is tall. He is tall. He, he fits the. Bill. He's about the only person that would allow that joke to happen. You know, I might owe him a beer for it, but still. I, I mean, I can get away with it because I'm seven thousand miles away. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have to go home at some point. Um, but nonetheless, like I, I I I think I'm inclined to agree with you. Like I, either the evidence for, or for all we know, Bigfoot could be living in a cave like that. That's that's like yeah, such totally. a valid point because the, when I think of creatures we haven't discovered yet, I'm thinking depths of the sea because that's the hardest thing for us to get to um, <clears throat> is is down there and to in in into every inch of it. But I haven't really thought about the cave thing. The cave thing is like unexplored land, mm-hmm. and we don't really have a good way to explore caves other than going through them. With either a device or with, you know, as people, uh, it's not like like the external landmass. We can map that with satellites, yeah, which we've to, done. To a point. We can map it to a point, but, like, they have a hard time mapping like, exactly how deep rainforests are sometimes because of how yeah, thick you, the, the tree coverage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So there's a we lot don't know of, how tall the trees are, so. There's a lot of stuff on ground that hasn't been mapped out. I just think that's, I think that's part of, like, my, that's my biggest appreciation of our planet is just that. We can keep going out and exploring Mars and exploring all these other places, and I'm glad that we do that, but we still have so much we can do here yeah. at home yeah. on on the planet Earth. We can keep going deeper into the ocean. We can keep going deeper into these caves. It's great that there are some people that have that inclination to do that and, and you know, funding funding these things as well. So, I, I you know what? You know who's going to do it? James Cameron. No. <laughs> Elon Musk. You're the worst. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk would do it first. <laughs> Um, so Jesse, Jesse, in addition to the 10 beasts that used to be mythical article, which will, obviously we'll post all these articles that he's posted here just so, you know, help bolster discussion. But um, he there <clears throat> he made five points from five different articles uh, that kind of just reinforce reinforce evidence for Bigfoot. 
right. uh, some anatomical characteristics that they found in footprints, uh, probably something along the lines of like, you know, this is a very human type footprint, but it's massive. It's, yeah, it's either massive or it's got some weird curve to it or something. I mean, like, that's the thing is like, you, you go to, you go to Disneyland and there's like a Yeti footprint, quote unquote, that's there. And it's just like a big human footprint with claws on the end of it. Like it's not, it's not really all that different, but there's uh there's some footage that's posted. It's certainly like, I mean, especially specific to North America, uh, American, the, the native Americans have a lot of stories that involve Bigfoot and Bigfoot type creatures. Right. Uh, there are some audio recordings, although what does Bigfoot sound like? I'll have to go listen to those myself, to be honest with you. Um, and then healed dermal scars and footprints. I'm interested to hear how that applies as evidence. I don't know. I don't know. It must be, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what that would do. Hmm. Yeah, me neither. I don't, I don't really know how that proves it, but let's see. We, we've got it right here. So it's a, it's a Bigfoot footprint. A fingerprint expert looked into it in in Texas, uh-huh. which it looks like most of the sightings are in North America. Yeah. So I mean, like much like you were talking about with the dragons, are very like regionalized to the landmass that is Europe and Asia, which right. back up to each other, obviously. Um, Bigfoot. It's true. Like there's a there's a map Jesse actually also posted that shows like the 1.7 million sightings mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, and like when they happen and where they go it's like yeah. it's um and it's a density at, map this is interesting look at when you guys look at this picture think about what i said about caves look at the area where there is no like it's mountainous areas but like the whole flatlands of nevada like, and then the midwest like kansas is pretty open it's there, all, there's a speckle of sightings in places but like nevada has nothing and yeah. nevada's not known for its caves i mean it's got mines and stuff there are caves in nevada i'm not saying there aren't but not really habitable he, yeah, habitable, habitable caves. But then you go up into the Pacific Northwest, like Washington, where there's forests and caves. Yeah. Northern California, Oregon, on the coast. Looks like it really... Where there's bluffs and stuff. I mean, it's, to me, it's like there's enough sightings where we're rather seeing something that is Bigfoot or we're seeing something that's very similar to Bigfoot or mm-hmm. we're seeing some new creature that's very elusive. And it's... Uh, uh, one of the things that I would point out is like think of an animal that's like very common in california like forest areas like a deer sure how many times have we hiked in forests yeah all tons. the time yeah how many times have you actually seen a deer uh probably a handful but like like nine or ten but it's disproportional i, I get your point it's yeah. disproportional to the amount of times i've been in an area where deer live yeah. that i've seen an actual deer and you know that deers exist yes and you, we have tons of documentation of deer. Yes, but it's just because there's more of them. Yeah, and and because there's enough sighting, and they've become a little bit more, uh, they've become a little bit more okay with humans being around. So they're a little more. I mean, the, the deer are a little more ballsy than they <laughs> used to be. But like, yeah, I get your point though. Is it's like even something we know exists that is that common, and we're in the area where it lives, and we still don't see it that often. Yeah. Like, like like the snow cat, you know, yeah. like it or snow leopard. Pardon me, mm-hmm. uh, that. We were convinced it existed. It existed. Everybody had seen it. Everybody knew it was there. We hadn't actually documented it. And this was recently. Like that's yeah. the thing that kills me about these. Uh, but anyway, this so this dermal this, this dermal expert dermal scar thing. Um, this this expert in Texas began examining like tracks that that have been found in different parts of the country. Um, that like it, like this guy this fingerprint expert just went through them in detail and had. Determined that. Hang on. 
Determine that the tracks aren't fake, essentially. That, that That's what I'm thinking it is. Oh, is that yeah. They're not fake tracks. So, like, the, the amount of details, this, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the, the amount of detail of of the actual scarring tissue healing and right, okay. which is something that would happen if you were walking in the forest all the time. Barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barefoot, Bigfoot. Uh, that it, it, the scars must have healed and that type of, uh, that it, type of duplication, like on a fake print. Right. You can't. Right. Right. And, and like, why, like, I, I just cracks me up that anybody would think it would, it was fake. It's like, I would be more inclined to be like, eh, somebody was wearing like, weird shoes or you know like they're they like their shoe had fallen apart on their foot and they were walking with it and it made it weird i'd be more inclined to think that would be a reason to discredit it than just saying like some jackass teenagers were out here with a, a footprint print making tracks in the sand and it's like but that's just you can't discredit 1.7 million sightings or encounters you can't discredit that by just saying like well some jackass has the same footprint yep. stamp that's going that's out there yeah so it's just yeah. funny it's funny to me that that's even like a discrediting marker but how awesome would it be if we found out that this is just one dude's hobby it's just <laughs> bigfoot and just like he walks around areas and he's listening to us now and he heard me call him out about not being in this area so in five years this is all gonna be a filled F ton in. of sightings <laughs> in nevada and kansas and nebraska it's just one dude's hobby I mean, this map is pretty pretty enlightening. I mean, one of Jesse's final points in this outline that he made for us is that there's just too many sightings to discredit. Yeah. Um, and like, and they're just they're 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 concentrated in places that you would expect to find it, like like Jimmy's said, like caves and forests, and not entirely, uh, I don't know, communal living places, like mm -hmm. places where people aren't all the time. Right. Um, and you know, like further reinforced by, you just don't even see creatures that you do expect to see that you do know exist when you're in these places. So it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty impossible to, I mean, I think the impossibility here is that it's impossible to fully discredit it. Yeah. I, I the most I'll get, the most, the most I would give it on the discrediting end is maybe we're misunderstanding what Bigfoot is, but as to like, if this thing that has made all these encounters and made these footprints and created these myths it exists, whatever it is. It's probably not what we think traditional Bigfoot is. Like, I'm sure giraffes were described as these long-necked horses or something like that. <laughs> and it wasn't exactly what, what was thought to be, you know, right. when it was finally, like, tied and confirmed. I think it's something more along those lines. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think it's, I, I think there is something out there that is definitely tricking us into thinking it's Bigfoot. And I actually think it's I think it's possible that there are multiple species of things out there that we haven't discovered yet that we all are categorizing together as Bigfoot because we've never we've never had an opportunity to A and B Bigfoot right true so so there could be there could be every the Yeti could be a, a subspecies of Bigfoot there could be several different like polar bears and grizzly bears are in the same same family same but family same genus or whatever it is but, but they're but... different species essentially. Well, sure. no, no. Wait, no, the same species, different genus. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just... I get your point, though. Is it's like it, it's the, the the category of animal. Like, it it could, for all we know, it's the same as an ape or same as us. I think we're all defined as the same thing. It's a mammal of some sort, but right. it's just not the mammal we think it is. Right. But I. So that being said, like you know, putting it in stone here, Bigfoot possible or impossible? I say it's absolutely possible. I, I agree. I mean, it's surprisingly, maybe not so surprisingly, in this season. But Jesse, Jesse also thinks that this is possible. No, I, I think it's, I think it's possible. I think it's really hard to say because when I decide something is impossible, there has to be a finite. Like we cannot, like 
it always gets into like physics. Like we physically can't do this. Physics dictates yeah, that this will work, and it's it's not going to happen. Physics and logic. That's where that's where my brain lies all the time. Yeah. But this is like there's not there's not enough of that to say no. There, yeah, there's more logic to saying it is yes. Right. There's the there's 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 a bunch of caves and all of the places that we sure. said. There's a there are tons of animals that we know we haven't discovered. Mm-hmm. We're discovering new creatures every single year. We're discovering new. There's evolution can be way different and changing the way that it looks and change like it's it to me there's to me there is not enough to say that it's not possible. So well, and there, I mean, we have a history it being humanity. We have a history of like thinking something like like the giraffe. Or the giraffe, or the uh, 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 whatever the other creatures were, like mm-hmm. I'm blanking now. Even though we just talked or about like it, but the gorilla, like, the squid, yeah, the, the giant, giant squid. squid. Like I mean, the giant squid. We we thought it was this huge, like you know, kraken type thing. Mm-hmm. And is it? It's close to it, but it's not exactly what we thought it was. The giraffe isn't exactly what the, you know, the Greeks thought it was, uh, but it's close. And it's like so. It's easy to be like, oh, that's that's obviously what. What they what they thought this myth was. They mm-hmm. thought the giraffe was this long necked horse, I guess, or whatever. You know, like those are the kinds of things that I, I'm excited. I hope we I hope we as humanity, I hope we resolve this issue in, in our lifetime, so I, I can so. like feel vindicated by the like by by keeping the possibility open in my mind uh, and just hoping that it actually exists. Yeah, I mean, I'll while I'm traveling Asia, I'll start going yeti hunting. Yeah, please, <laughs> See if I can by all it. means. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're probably not going to be involved in most of the topics next month, but let, let, let's, let's get your take on it right now. Okay. Um, the, obviously next week is the, is the review episode, the review of the, the topics, uh, we talked about Batman. a very, very small, small portion of Batman at the beginning of the month. We talked <laughs> about the electromagnetic pulse in the context of, uh, you know, Ocean's Eleven. They've got the pinch that like kills all the electricity in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. So the pinch actually exists. Mm-hmm. But we question whether or not it was the way the movie had displayed it and what, what those effects would be. And then obviously we talked about Bigfoot. Um, so next month, what we're going to talk about, though, uh, one, of the, one of the issues in particular is, is quite hairy, no pun intended to our current discussion. Uh, but we're talking about extincting disease and we talk about um, uh, ending end, the end of antibiotics and we're talking Ooh. about attention deficit disorder. Oh, so the three of those things together, I think, like, uh, we're going to go progressively from, like, the first episode's probably not going to ruffle too many feathers. I think the second one, there, there's going to be some interesting vaccination discussion in. The third one altogether, I think, is going to be hairy. <laughs> uh, so ex- extincting disease, like, you think about eventually getting rid of all disease in general? Well, I, like, when we, we've come close, right? Like, I mean, smallpox is not nearly as deadly now as it was before. Like, you've got to figure at some point we probably could completely kill that disease if everybody participated and actually vaccinated. Um, well, is that killing the disease, or is that... Because the disease... It's not killing it, it's still, extincting it's, it, though. Well, it's still... It, in humans, it's right. still present in other things and other creatures. Maybe, maybe stuff, smallpox right? is a bad example. Um, I'm trying to think of... I mean... The Black Plague isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I, mean, I think I think we're going to talk about it more in that aspect. Honestly, we haven't done any prep work on it yet, so now's the perfect time for your opinion. Okay. Well, let me see if I can pull something out of my head real quick. Uh, in in regards to like the Black Plague, that was something that from 
I know that the way that we build sewer systems now is based off of the catastrophe of the Black Plague. Sure. Show that things were constantly not circulating. And so that's one of the ways that we fought it was that we as a community adapted to, okay, we have a ton of people in this area. Everybody needs to take showers and everybody needs to wash their hands and everybody, whenever they use the bathroom, it needs to go far away and it can't be sitting on the streets because that's what, that's what spread the disease really bad. Right. We found out, we found out what uh, fostered and helped spread disease in really, really con human congested areas right. and we corrected that, that situation. Also, sewage and, and hygienics and stuff. Right, exactly. And then we discovered how, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the guy who started to, to figure out where, they really figured out that he was getting carried by rodents in the sewers. Right, the rats, yeah. Yeah, the guy who figured that out, that same process of how he triangulated where the disease is starting mm -hmm. is the exact same process. Obviously, we use a little bit more high tech now, but the, the philosophy is the same. We yeah. figure out where the disease is starting, and then we find the roots to it, and then we start attacking the root. Well, I mean, there was that there was that outbreak uh, in in Southern California, Nevada, Utah, a couple of years ago, and it was it was traced with the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, traced it down to to Disneyland. Ironically, huh, yeah. uh, in what like they did that in five days? Yeah, they were able to like tie all the cases together. Oh, this family vacation from Utah, I think mm -hmm. it was. And like, oh, they, all these uninoculated kids got, uh, what was it? I don't even remember, measles, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was measles. Uh, and so, it, like, you're, you're absolutely right. But the, the way they triangulate that, it, although it happens faster, is the same method that they used in, you know, mid, the Middle, Age, Middle Ages England mm -hmm. to trace the Black Plague to the rats. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the thing I would say about extincting disease is that I don't, I don't know if it's actually possible to eradicate all disease because I think it will, because diseases are in fact living creatures, they are right. living bacteria, they also are adapting to us, which mm -hmm. is why, That's interesting. this is why the next topic I think will piss a lot of people off. Because antibiotics. I think, I think we are eventually going to run out of antibiotics in our lifetime. Interesting. I think because what's happening now is that we're using antibiotics and then there are certain things like there's certain things and I, I'm not a medical professor at all so one of our medical you professors You aren't? Oh to me, my goodness. Uh, I'm really sorry but like just logically if it, so like the way that I understand vaccines work is that you give yourself a weakened deadened version of the virus that you build an immunity to. Yeah. Well, you, you, treat, you teach your body to fight it fight it itself. Right. So the virus is still very present and attacking anything else that's, that's weak enough fair. for yeah. it to, to attack. So it's, I'm sure it's, I'm sure uh, it, diseases are running rampant in. So my point to that is the more we protect ourselves, the more we bounce them off into other creatures and actually let them evolve and adapt right, yeah. into something that we can't, which is why I think antibiotics, we're going to run into some problems in the future. I don't, well, I don't know though. Maybe it's my optimism, which I don't usually have. So follow me on this. <laughs> I but I think that, like, I think that while the disease evolves, we will also have to evolve our antibiotics. Like, we we will have to grow with the disease. So to to that point, you can already see from my argument that I don't think extincting disease is really all that possible either. Right. I think that we can just continue to adapt to it. Right. It's going to be a constant battle. So the antibiotics, though, we have been adapting. Every year, antibiotics change and get a little stronger. Yeah, the stronger. flu shot's different every year, like right. that stuff, yeah. So at what point, who wins? 
does does human <laughs> so like does life human, finds a way, Jimmy? I, yeah, and bacteria is life, and that is and viruses are life. So like you got to think about but, like but but we've extincted like animals have extinct though. Yeah, like things do die off. That's true. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs die off. And, you know, there's things that you know massive. But it, it, it's not it. I won't say it's impossible. I can't say it's impossible because I don't believe most things. I don't. I really don't think. I think a lot of things are. There's possible. always a sliver of possibility. Right, that's that's where I live too. Yeah. So it's Jesse lives on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> or I think, and I also think it's a time thing. Right now in antibiotics, I look at it, and honestly, I'm not a medical professional, but to me, it looks like we are in an arms race with evolution. Sure. And every year we're stepping <laughs> up. It's like. It's like the police scanner thing, where every year somebody <laughs> buys a new police scanner, and right. the next year they change their frequencies, and then they buy a new one, and then they change their frequencies, right. and then like it's so eventually. So so who's gonna win? Is is humans who have only been on this planet for a, a you know very small amount of time gonna beat out evolution that's been doing this for a really really long time? Well, who says there is a winner? Oh, there is not. I mean, like, in, in, in my true War Games fashion, maybe the only winning move is not to play. Yeah, that's... I mean, like, maybe maybe we should just be focusing on enjoy, enjoying the time we have here. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I think part of enjoying the time we have here is trying to figure out solving these pro- types of problems. Right. Like, I'm glad some people are inclined to do so, like the medical professionals that we are not. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, like, to that point, like, new things pop up, like attention deficit disorder or uh, autism. Yeah, and so that that's that's the topic I'm most interested in discussing and researching. Is that is that ADD is gonna piss off a lot of people, especially if I'm around to give my point of view. On oh, it. I, well, I want your point of view regardless of if you're around or not. Like, <laughs> I I mean, I'll be back here next month, so no, it's not like we'll I can't about it. I can't get your opinion on it. We I'll at least need that. I'll definitely help with the overview of it because my just to kind of drop the microphone as we're ending here, real quick. Um, one of my points, and this is. This is coming from a guy where I've been diagnosed with ADD uh, since I was very little. I'm not on the ADHD spectrum sure. in their world, but like it, every according to their according to what Morrison is saying, that everybody has a little bit of attention deficit disorder, and I am under the entire impression that that entire diagnosis is fake and made up. I think it's completely like it's so BS, and I think it's something that. We ran out of something to, I think we ran out of diagnosis for the year and then somebody decided, oh, hey, my kid isn't paying attention in school anymore. Oh, you must have this medical disease. Oh, yeah, it's got nothing to do with the fact that you've dropped him in front of TV for his entire life and he has no idea how to actually focus on anything. Yeah, like, I mean, and that's for me, like, I mean, so when I was... Like, my age group was pretty, I don't want to say, I don't think we were the first age group, but we were definitely the most prevalent where it was like, oh, God, like, one out of three kids in my school were on Ritalin and were being diagnosed and treated for ADD. And my sister was, too. And I just think that, like, I agree with you. I think the reason that the discussion will piss people off um, is because of that type of perspective. Now, you, having dealt with it at some point, mm-hmm. uh, having dealt with a doctor telling you that or telling your parents that, and, and I mean, like, you're, you're a responsible adult <laughs> traveling on business to China for, right. for the better part of a year. Uh, that, that's, kind of, that, that's kind of what leads me to believe that, like, I don't think that it's not a thing. I just think we're treating it the wrong way. Because, yeah. like, it, it's not like it's a new thing for kids to goof off in school. Sure. Like, or to drop out of school. 
what did Steve Jobs do again? <laughs> right. You know, what did the Waz do? Like, yeah. they, those guys just didn't, they just didn't, they, they traveled to the beat of their own drum, yeah. you know? And I think that we're trying to treat something and call it a disorder that isn't a disorder. We're just not using the using their gifts correctly, you know? Yeah, I would agree. So and that I mean that's that's a really that's a we're we're throwing a huge like swath to the wind. I I don't know what Jesse's perspective is on it either, but like it's definitely something that like I have a three year old, you know, but what's he going to be diagnosed with in his time just because he doesn't pay attention while in science class? Right. Maybe he's like me. He didn't. He doesn't like biology. Mm-hmm. Maybe he loves physics and he's really good at math and really good at uh, at at literature. Yeah. And understanding those kinds of things, uh, maybe those are his inclinations. We're just teaching him wrong. Well, I, I, I might reach out to a teacher friend of mine who's who's our age, my my age, not your age. No, Jim. I'm still twelve. Yeah, exactly, with a beard, with creepy. A beard. Uh, but I think I'm going to reach out to my my teacher friend Lauren, who listens to the podcast, and get her perspective. She has a very countercultural perspective on a lot of the way society treats teachers nowadays. Uh, she's a math teacher in Idaho right now, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear what her perspective is on teaching children who have been diagnosed with ADD and what she thinks the, uh, let's call it a pandemic because mm-hmm. or an epidemic, because definitely when I was, like I said, eight, nine years old, one out of three kids, one, maybe one out of two kids, it, it was pretty pretty well on the rise. Like the, the older I get and I find out like, oh God, this kid I grew up with was on Ritalin the entire time we were in in elementary school, I'm, I'm more interested to find out where other perspectives are because my only interaction with it is my sister. Oh, uh, well, my pretty sure everybody in my family is <laughs> diagnosed with it at some level on different spectrums of it. Sure. I don't think I was ever on, I have to think back because I know there was something, I tried something for a little while, I think it may have been Ritalin, and I didn't like it. I didn't right. like it because it felt... I remember not liking it. I mean, we tried all kinds of stuff. We tried, like, natural things about trying to get me to, like, learn about how to, like, focus and stuff. Sure. And I think what it comes down to is that, like, actually focusing and at least this is the way. This is actually a metaphor that I, I uh, I don't know if I invented it, but it it came to the top of my head the other day when I was explaining a lot of our projects at work right now are, are kind of, we're at the point of a project where every project gets to where it kind of feels like you're juggling spaghetti. Like you're just kind of yeah. throwing noodles in the air and you're trying to... You're hoping up. that you collect enough noodle in your hand yeah. to throw it back in the air again. So we've been, I've been using that term lately to explain what I'm going through. And I think I think what ADD is, is, is juggling spaghetti is a skill. And like you have to learn, you have to learn to take the spaghetti and throw it on the ground right. and start organizing it and making it into like an actual shape that you can start juggling. Or, and, or maybe we're just doing the wrong thing with spaghetti. That's true. That, that's kind of my perspective on the ADD uh, thing is I think we're just doing – not saying it doesn't exist. Like that's asinine for somebody to say, well, that kid doesn't have focusing problems. No, I'm it's sure like It's like people trying to disprove autistic – like autism as a thing. It obviously exists. Maybe we're doing the wrong thing in response to it. I, that's that's all I'm asking. I, I, think, I think that's probably where we're at. I think we have – I think our – I think the way that we've built um, – I think the way that we've built up – schooling daily has kind of gotten to a point where we are uh we kind of fit everything into this little like cube and right. like things need to fit in the square yeah and that's standardized why, testing standardized yeah. results like our you know metrics for if teachers are doing good or bad 
like you and I have talked offsite a, a little bit of, about this kind of thing, but it's it, it, my big focus in the future is like I really love designing things, and one of my biggest passions is I want to design an efficient system that can uh, adapt and create customizable homework and tests for individual students. Yeah, and that that to me is the that's the appropriate response right. to this problem. Yeah, because like we don't need to dumb down words. We don't need to like soften the blow it's a problem mm -hmm. like you know if a kid who's not focusing on school is distracting kids who are focusing on school we don't want to distract the ones that are focusing we still want the other ones to learn yeah so we can't just throw them out with the garbage and say like oh well they're it's the disjointed youth screw them that's not a good response a good response is let's find out how they learn and teach them that way yeah because standardized testing is not proving anything other than that people will try to cheat the system yeah so, like, again, like I said, I really want to reach out to my friend Lauren about this and ask her what she thinks. Hopefully she'll listen to this episode and she'll just email me out of the blue. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, that, those are our topics for the month of May, uh, right? It's April right now. I, I've honestly forgotten what day it is, but that's what we're talking about in May. It'll be interesting to come back after, uh, after we've aired a couple of them and talk to you and find out what you think on, on these topics. Yeah, I'm really going to mull over ADD a lot because it's something that kind of sits close with me. So I would like to think about it more and kind of get more. Before I start going on like a, like an emotional rant about it, I right. think I'm going to get like all of my duck. I'm going to throw my spaghetti on the ground and I'm going to get You're it all organized. Organize, organize it and then I'm I'll going to lob it at you, yeah. internet. <laughs> but yeah. Well, this is great, man. Thanks for letting me come back for a little bit. This is great. <laughs> no, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we got you involved at the tail end of season three. But, uh. Uh, or, you know, Jesse and I were making jokes early on. You probably haven't even heard it because it was so subtle. <laughs> that, uh, are we calling these seasons? Is it a season? Uh, what other grouping could we use? So we, we were calling it a murder. It's murder three. Oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. I know, Jesse didn't think it was cool. He thought I was mocking him. But yeah. murder three. We're almost murder done. Three. Let's see, what do they call them? They call them series? Yeah, yeah, series, series in England when they're not, you know, 24 season. episodes and traditional TV. Anyway, so that's... Uh, that's Bigfoot right there for you, folks. Uh, next week is uh, the overview of the month of April, which will cover the very, very small sliver that we did of Batman, we being Jesse. Uh, it'll cover the electromagnetic pulse discussion. It'll cover this discussion. Uh, but it'll be Jesse doing it, so it'll be exciting. Tune in there, download it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. See you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. ImpossibleThingsPodcast.com for all things impossible.